Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and on today's episode, I'm discussing dissociation, fragmentation, and depersonalization from childhood trauma. This topic has been on my mind for a while. I don't so much want to give the clinical definitions. Other people are better at giving you head knowledge. I'm trying to give you heart knowledge on this show. More often than not, I hear these words used interchangeably and somewhat incorrectly. So I want to try to explain the difference in how these three things feel to a human being. And sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just connect some dots along the way. And this helps us better understand ourselves or our friends or our loved ones. So in brief, I want to give you a little definition of trauma or an explanation of trauma. All things that are traumatic, they take our choice away. Because all of us as humans would rather be anywhere else other than inside of the experience of being traumatized, whether it be trauma from being overpowered, emotional trauma, being shamed, being used, manipulated, toyed with as an object. And trauma isn't just intentional from person to person or from misguided person. It can be just a human accident, like a car wreck. Trauma is too overwhelming for our senses and often a threat to our physical or emotional and mental autonomy. So our minds have these amazing protections sort of built in. Who hasn't heard of the adrenaline response that can come over a tiny mama if a car is on top of her child? And all of a sudden, like some kind of magical force, she can lift that car like a momentary hulk. Similarly, but differently, our minds, especially as children, 
we have special ways of trying to protect ourselves from what is overwhelming or terrifying. Just like our computers can be on, but can be in sleep mode, which is still on, but it's also kind of off. And that's to conserve energy. Our minds will dissociate from a current experience if that experience is traumatic to conserve our sanity. We can dissociate while being traumatized. The mind just kind of goes away or goes to sleep, still on, but off, just like our computers in sleep mode. When we go away from ourselves or lose time, this is dissociation. And it can be really scary when we don't know what this is or why. And it can be scary to ourselves or to people who love and care about us who witness it. If we are experiencing dissociation outside of that originating traumatic moment, and we are surrounded by less than empathic or knowledgeable people who can give us messages like, wow, what a weirdo. What's wrong with you? We can understand that it does seem kind of weird and scary. It seems weird and scary to us even while we experience it. Because of this common understandable reaction, we can add a hefty dose of alien-like shame on top of our dissociation. I used to dissociate a lot and haven't at all, in my estimation, in more than six years. If this is happening to you, know it's your body's way of self-protecting that it learned a long time ago. And it doesn't mean that you will dissociate forever or that anything is fundamentally broken inside of you. Actually, quite the opposite. It actually means that your amazing mind stepped in as if to say, she doesn't need to be here right now. She's been through enough. Isn't that amazing? Depersonalization is sort of like dissociation, but it's a little different. It's more like still being kind of present, but feeling kind of out of body. It's like a wave of intense alienation within your own relationship to self. Like a strange, surreal feeling of whose body is this? Sometimes depersonalization is described to me or shown to me by a person who is very heady, very in their head, but not in tune with their body. When I was experiencing a lot of depersonalization, I would aim for walking centrally through a doorway, as most of us do without even thinking about it. But within those strong symptoms of depersonalization, I couldn't quite spatially gauge correctly, and I would often plow right into one of the sidewalls of the doorframe. It's a very hard thing with post-traumatic stress because there's so many cascading feelings to feel and funky self-talk to develop because people would laugh at that. And I'm, I've always been good at laughing at myself about things, but there's that fine line between laughing in a ha-ha, let me laugh this off way and laughing in a way that's dark or mean or cruel. In healing, we reconnect and re-get to know our physicality. It's as if I had to teach my inner child, hey, this body that 
I understand you had to run away from a lot of times. I've made it safe now. You can stay here with me. We don't have to go anywhere. And we can start to make peace inside of this body, with this body. If our shame self-talk is strong, we can find ourselves not wanting to be inside of this body because we're trying to escape shame. In depersonalization, we can feel both sort of in it and out of the body at the same time. In healing, you will become your own soft and safe place to fall. You will learn to boundary dysfunction, to keep it out and keep you in as much safety and increased security externally and internally as we can attain over time. These elements come together over time as we heal through all our layers so that we can learn to be in this body in peace and in harmony. I almost never fall down or run into doorways anymore. I feel centered and solid and in control of my body, in unison with it in a way that it's partnered where once it was split. So fragmentation is the next word I want to talk about. I just touched on a little bit of it. So there are elements of depersonalization that can feel fragmented. My spatial awareness was sort of fragmented from my physical body. The work that I did there is called integration. As I integrated, I was less fragmented, less clumsy, more able to steady this body. Fragmentation can be in that form, in the form of sort of lost chunks. We can feel fragmented from dissociation or experiencing a lot of depersonalization. The computer doesn't compute or save files while in sleep mode. And neither do we when we are in these trauma responses. This lends to a sense of fragmentation. That we are fragments instead of a whole, W-H-O-L-E, being. This is often described fearfully to me by clients as, what is wrong with me? I don't feel like I've lived one life. And I'm not talking about dissociative identity disorder or split personalities here. That's different. And also comes from trauma. But I've often heard and felt myself in my early healing like I've had wildly different life phases. And in comparison, which is unfair because we don't know fully what goes on behind closed doors, intimately, vulnerably, personally, in someone's mind and in their private life. But from the outside looking in when we're feeling messy from depersonalization, from dissociation, from fragmentation, we often look at other people and think, wow, they have had one continuous kind of vanilla basic existence. Like they have been who they are always. And we compare and we dig our own hole deeper about feeling broken or alien or weird, unworthy. I used to tell Lisa many years ago, I think I've lived like five to seven different lives within this one life and that feels crazy 
It made me feel broken and weird, like a freak. And I didn't know how to put it into words, much less make sense of it. Hi, everyone. It's Jean Chatsky, host of the Her Money podcast. For seven years, my show has been changing the relationships women have with money because make no mistake, when it comes to money, women are different. We face challenges that men don't. Longer lifespans, caregiving, a gender pay gap that just won't quit. Oh, and the fact that the financial industry was built by men for men. We need information specifically for us presented without jargon in a judgment-free zone. And that's what the Her Money podcast is all about. Every week, we talk about earning more, spending smart, investing to build the life you want, and protecting yourself from disaster. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Because when you own your money... You own your life. I also believe that there's an element of fragmentation that can happen for seekers, traumatized or not. Because as seekers, we go through multiple evolutions. And with those evolutions also typically come clearings. Each of my divorces was its own evolution, and that came with clearings of people. Anyone who's gone through a divorce knows you lose a certain amount of people through that divorce process. They don't come with you. They go to the other side. That can feel very fragmented, fragmenting. As seekers, we fall into the same trap of looking at other people in our family systems or on TV in our communities, maybe a yoga community, maybe a church community. But we look at others and we go, well, they're not seekers. They're not having evolutions and clearings. What's wrong with me? So we can look out at the world and invalidate our own experience and then hear feedback from people who aren't wired like we are, who have very different lives, different paths, different callings, and different experiences. And then we take their invalidation of our experience too and feel doubly or triply alien, weird, broken, strange. And those feelings lead to desperation, anxiety, depression. It's a slippery slope. As we continue healing, we continue integrating into who we really are in mind and body. And I promise, if you keep healing and growing and integrating, And if you're working on healing, if you're listening to me now, you are working on integrating right now. If you're working with a therapist, if you're in the Patreon, if you're listening, if you're participating, if you're putting yourself out there to do intentional work, you are integrating. You don't need to go to a therapist and say, I need you to integrate me. All of the things that we do in healing, I'm going to go do a float later today, that is an experience that helped my body integrate into itself because it's healing it's soothing it's a good vitamin for my nervous system so all these ways that we heal come together to help us integrate no one way but as we continue to integrate we feel the edges of this fragmentation wear off And the surreal feeling of having lived multiple lives within this one life starts to turn into a more solid experience. 
This feels internally peaceful in a way that I know you crave if you see yourself in what I'm sharing. When you are really in it deeply with the symptoms of trauma, it can feel almost impossible to believe that integration is available and is possible for you. But it isn't just available. I believe it is inevitable if you want this healing, as long as you continue to work on it and you don't have to do it perfectly. And you don't have to do it every minute of the day. Because your system needs rest too. That's part of what will help it integrate. I'm living proof And I've worked with hundreds and hundreds who showed up with very similar symptoms. In healing, it really is true. We go from fragmentation to feeling whole. W-H-O-L-E. And in truth, you are whole, W-H-O-L-E, as you are right now. And I know it doesn't feel that way if you have a lot of work to do. And it might not look whole from the outside if your messy is showing. But I promise that integration, wholeness, and fulfilled peace is available to all of us. Don't let your fear convince you otherwise. Don't let hopelessness create your stories about what's possible for you in this one precious life. If today's episode resonated with you, I invite you to end it and close it up with a deep breath with your eyes closed, hand on the heart, hand on the belly, and just say to yourself, I'm right here. It's okay for me to be right here. I don't have to be anywhere else. Only if it's true, say to yourself, I am so much safer than I was in my scariest moments. It's okay for me to be here with myself. I love you self and I'm here for you. Take a deep breath into that and notice what you notice. If something came up for you in today's episode, I encourage you to journal it out. See what comes up and out of you. If you'd like to participate at our Patreon in the next live stream, or to listen to any of the previous content that we have there for you, come find us at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. You'll get exclusive episodes and all kinds of content. In the live streams, you can see me. It's visual. And I can explain things in that format because I'm visual with little pictures that I draw sometimes, hand movements. I know that sounds a little silly, but really helps me show some concepts that Really, I just can't show over radio waves. And we do that once a month on Wednesday nights. The last live stream topic was divorce. If you're interested, come sign on and check that out. Our next monthly live stream, the topic will be the elephant in the living room. So come join, submit your questions so that I can answer, explain, and help you move forward on the healing journey. When you sign up, you also get a shout out and we don't just shout out your full name. We give you a chance to tell us how you'd like us to represent you. So I want to thank these Patreon supporters, these Patreon producers of the show. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Victoria and Amy, Vanessa, Liz, 
Janice, Julia, Emily, Mia. I want to thank Melanie and Oz, Lucas, and Holly. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love, and I will see you right here next week. Bye-bye. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.